When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Uh, welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Now, every business owner out there is asked to be kind of a chief cook and bottle washer. Uh, uh, whether you're still working in the bays or you've managed to extricate yourself from that and spending time in the office more, uh, chances are pretty good at some way along the line of your business. You've had to do everything. Uh, you may have uh, a lot of aptitudes in uh, certain areas and maybe not in others, but one of the areas that a lot of shop owners uh, are left wanting is in the area of finances and dealing with their financials and making sure that they have a very clear idea and direction for their business. Now, with me today on the podcast is Milan Fort from PDC Automotive, who can help shop owners develop a roadmap for their business in a sense. Uh, welcome, Milan. Good morning, or sorry, good afternoon for you. Good <laughs> yes. morning for me in BC. Yeah. Thanks for the intro, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm, I'm well, I'm well. Now, I mean, how did you, uh, how, how do you see, you know, the automotive? How did you get into it too? I mean, this is uh, uh, something that uh, not uh, everybody gravitates towards, uh, and yet uh, here you are. Yeah, I don't know many other accountants or any other accountants who are working in the industry of aftermarket repair shops like I am. Um, I started working in public practice as an accountant about 15 years ago. And then, you know, we started our own practice back in 2012. So then I became the entrepreneur. And exactly like you said, my husband and I were wearing, I mean, every hat. You can DIY almost everything these days. It's a double-edged sword. You can start your business easily and you can do a lot, but then at some point you start realizing you're working too much in your business and you need to start shifting toward working on the business. So I sort of managed our practice that became my role, managing our accounting firm. But over the years, you know, I've worked with hundreds of different types of entrepreneurs and different businesses. And at one point I got headhunted and pulled pulled into the uh, controller role for one of our clients. So I shifted out of public practice and started working in private industry for a, a private equity fund. So I managed and oversaw their entire finance department. Then that shifted to a CFO role. So a controller is really someone, an accountant working in industry to ensure you get this accurate, timely, like 15th of the month, we have last month's financial statements and reports all ready to go so that owners and managers can review the performance of the business. CFO role, which I stepped into next was, where are we going? How are we doing? How are we measuring our performance? And then I got approached randomly by a, a, an owner of a group of automotive repair shops. And I thought, yep, you know, I've done this before, no problem. I walked into that with little knowledge about the industry and was blown away immediately with how complex that business is. And then we got into the shop management software and I was like, this is amazing. You've got all these tools available and so much complexity, which always means I know there's going to be 
opportunity to make a big change and an impact. I was doing professional development in the area of CFO and management by that point and knew a lot about doing this work. And even as a professional, I felt like there was so much out there. I almost didn't know where to start. I whittled down everything we were evaluating to a very small set of key indicators and benchmarks that we could look at. I have, I have my owners look at things daily, weekly, monthly, and then quarterly so that we could create forecasts and projections of where we, we should be able to land and then evaluating why are we not getting there using more KPIs, but really a simple top sort of 30,000 foot elevation view of the business to just get a snapshot is all an owner needs. This seems so overcomplicated sometimes. So I created this, as you were mentioning the roadmap, I literally thought, okay, I've got this ability to do this in a structured way that's repeatable. So I made like a blueprint. I started marketing myself to more repair shops and people started, I just get referrals because people know about me and we just have this approach. I just have this approach that's very systematic and we can go in and we start at square one and systematically make some changes. And I always, I always approach this with the low hanging fruit. I know I can go into a shop management software right away. If you don't hit the margins that are top margins, and then we go through this process of, okay, one at a time, we're going to drill down, identify the root cause. It's the same as diagnosing an issue with a vehicle. And then with financials, we would continue to test that one. When you've got something locked in, in your software, that's called a control. We can put internal controls in the shop management software. Two things happen. One, the owner and I have been very strategic in how we've implemented the control. I've proven to them, this is what you're getting. I can export a bunch of information and show why. I can show what we need to be doing to get the average margin we want, which is, it's called a product pricing matrix. Maybe the maximum we could get on a product because we have a ceiling is 30% but we're going to smooth and have different percentages applied to all these different ranges that are lower than that. And it's, it's an accelerated pricing model. So we do accelerated pricing on the low cost items where we might get a 400% markup. We can actually implement that into the system so that the front counter team does not have to do any calculations on a calculator. They don't have to go talk to the owner. It's automated. Right. Do you, do you find that most owners, uh, because they're, maybe they don't have a lot of comfort level or, or maybe a little bit of impatience with some of the tools that they just decide to pick like a standard margin for like all parts and then, you know, maybe a little bit of adjustment or, or are, are they trying to do some kind of velocity pricing margins, but not really getting it right? Where, where, do, they, where do they fall on, on, on the whole? I've seen a couple of things. One is MSRP plus. And the problem with that is basically you're setting a standard 20% over it whatever it it won't you won't be able to achieve a 58% if you're going that direction the other thing i've seen is people have yes i have a product price matrix and it's set like this and it's not getting what i want and when i go in there are so many nuances this um i've been i've worked with software a long time like since my first out of university job 20 years ago <laughs> so i know these intricacies of it's rules. So a software is going to go through and it's going to check if, and this, if, and that's these statements that we'll look for. And so sometimes what I was seeing is they would have 
a product price matrix yet. The customer matrix would actually always will override your product price matrix. So that was impacting the other. It actually always comes down to the initial setup. So I go through and I see if the initial setup is in, is is done correctly or not, and then we can fix that. You make a really interesting point there because, you know, there may be, you know, again, owners listening who are like, oh, well, you know, I've set all my pricing up. I've, you know, I know that I can't get, uh, you know, 60, 58, 50% margin on some of my higher priced components, uh, you know, and and I can get more than that maybe on some of the lower priced, uh, hard to find mm-hmm. components, whatever those, you know, factors are. And they think they've, they think they've set the pricing that way, mm-hmm. but that at the, uh, you know, at the customer facing repair order pricing, they're not actually getting that at all. They, they've put it in one end, but they're not actually executing on that level. That's a very interesting point. So they, they might, they might have the best of intentions, but through uh, mm-hmm. missing, you know, this gap in, in uh, where they've set their, where they've set their margin requirements, their controls might, might not give them what they are expecting out of their business. And they might not have the right range set up. So low cost parts. I mean, I've got things that are, I think it's like you know, zero to 50 cents, I'll have a 99% gross margin percent. No, because when a customer looks at an invoice, they're never going to question you on things under 10 bucks. Right. They're only going to look at something that's got a higher dollar value and maybe ask you about it. But even then, they're not going to ask you about your markup. They're not going to say, what's the markup on this part? But they might question you about, well, that seems really expensive. Can you get it cheaper? But they're never going to ask you about the low price things. So we just crank the margins right up on those. I actually have a very simple, like six, six or so numbers that I'll do a high level benchmark on. And I created an online calculator because it's so super simple to do that. I thought I I'm happy to make this available to people. I actually made one for your listeners and I called the URLs jobbernationgift.ca. So J-O-B-B-E-R nationgift.ca. Anyone could go onto this. There's a little video explainer of how it works, but you just grab your income statement. So you could do it for the last month, the last year, whatever. And you pop those numbers in to see where you're performing on some of these key areas. One of them being your parts margin. So if you were to say, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to try and increase this to bump it up because I'm really low. You would just repeat that um, benchmark tool over and over till you push it high enough then you just keep going until you're hitting where you need. Once you start hitting where you need, now this is locked in, you move on and you go find a different area to go and focus your time so that you're just continually like increasing your profit because your gross profit is just your sales minus your cost of goods sold. That That's your pot of money that you use to pay all of your fixed expenses below that line and to pay yourself and have money left over. Ideally, you should be getting about 20% I target 20% net profit for my clients. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole work backwards approach too. I mean, I think if I ask people, what are you targeting for growth next year? Or what are your goals? The answer is typically like, oh, just a little bit more than last year. But what I find interesting is this doesn't address the issue of, are you getting enough in the business? If you own that shop, you need to be able to maintain that shop. It's this planning piece that I also find most people didn't have securely or they didn't have in place in like a 
quantified way. And obviously, I'm sorry, my language is so um, <laughs> mathematical and accounting based. But what I promise is, is it's so much more basic arithmetic than people realize. It's just the systemized way that you look at things or that I look at things with people, where we build these plans that just secure people's future and give peace of mind. And my shop owners end up working much less than they did before. Well, that's certainly something. I mean, I know we do talk about, you know, the importance of having your finances in order and having a profitable business. Uh, but for an, a lot of entrepreneurs, not just in, uh, you know, the automotive aftermarket, you know, one of the reasons they wanted to get into it, uh, there's certain accommodations with your lifestyle yeah. to not have to answer to anybody other than, you know, your several hundred customers, you know. Yeah. on a daily basis, right? Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I was told once that, you know, running your own business does, means you, you don't have one, you don't have a boss, you have hundreds of them. Absolutely. Uh, but nonetheless, they do have some freedom of time and movement and uh, the ability to get away with one's families. And I know that, uh, you know, a number of our contacts uh, among the shop owner community for us, you know, anytime uh, following a really busy period, whether it's following tire changing season or, or uh, you know, the kind of craziness, short staffing that, that we're going through now, the first thing they want to do is get away. Yeah. And take some time for themselves, for their families and work, uh, you know, work hard on the business, but have that break. And it sounds like the right approach and part of that roadmap isn't just to get those KPIs in order, but to get kind of your personal key key areas uh, taken care of too, as the ability to, to know where you stand, right? And have some peace of mind. When I meet with people, I have a very holistic approach, if you want to call it. So Andrew is a tax expert. His specialization in tax goes way back. He is definitely, I can say this because I'm not him. I always say, you should have me talk to your clients because you don't sell yourself well enough. He is one of the best at tax planning. And so when we meet with people, it's a team approach. We both meet that way. We're understanding an individual's family needs. It's not enough to just plan for the one owner. It's it's a it's typically they're in a relationship with a spouse. They may have children or plan to, and it's looking at the big picture and all of the needs. We really work in partnership with people and have relationships so that we're working together to achieve all of these things. So if that's important to you, if you have young kids and you want to coach hockey. You know, we take all of that in and we can focus on those goals. I actually have like a course. I basically ended up developing a course because some people really need to learn the financial interpretation of all of the things that are going on. So I have a really simple little short videos and you do a little questionnaire and then we meet. And this process is like I used to work in education before I changed fields to accounting. And so this is a very structured learning-based model that we really want to empower people. We're not just coming in and pointing fingers and telling people what to do. That doesn't work. People need to understand why they're doing something so they can really embrace it. And one of the courses I mean is leadership and management. We identify and delegate, delegate certain roles to individuals in, in someone's shop based on their skill set. So I have all these processes that work well. You just need to find the right people give them the training and trust that they can do the work. So they still have peace of mind on holiday. They can see, okay, our sales targets are still being met. Our margins are still being met um, and we don't have to worry. And we know that we're monitoring 
our technicians and their productivity and efficiency, like they can just see from literally remotely that the shop is operating and they're still making money at paying, paying their staff. There's everything's, everything's working without them. That's, you know, as we look now and, and, uh, you know, travel is, uh, more possible than it was only a short Yay. while ago. That certainly, <laughs> that certainly sounds really attractive for a lot of shop owners I know who have, uh, you know, uh, told me that that they really looked forward to some of their trips uh, and and some of their vacations. Um, so there certainly that aspect of being able to reduce your anxiety by having tools mm-hmm. in place, uh, both uh, on the immediate to check how your business is doing when you're not there on any given day. Also to know where you're headed, having a good roadmap, making sure you have the right people in place. Uh, it, you know, having a good financial plan is about more than finances. It's about your own personal uh, lifestyle choices. It's about uh, what you plan to do with the business in the future and setting it up mm. so you can have a true smooth transition in, in the future, whatever that is for you. Milan, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Uh, we'll make sure that we put that link in the information uh, with the podcast. Take a look at the calculators, folks. Uh, see how it shakes out for your business. Milan is at uh, PDC Automotive, and uh, we'll have a link there in the information too. Milan, thank you so much for, uh, for your time and expertise today. My pleasure, Andrew. I was so intimidated to come on this, but I think I finally feel so solid in this industry and really, it's really comfortable. I mean, I also love all my clients. Like I call it blue collar calm. This has been such a really enjoyable industry to work in. And um, yeah, that calculator, if you don't, if you struggle to use it, so there's a a button that says um, book a call. You can click that and actually book a 15 minute free consult with me for a limited time, just for your customers. Cause I only have so much time. Uh, gladly give them a hand. All right. Uh, that's great. Thank you again. Thanks everybody for listening. Be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll catch you on the rebound. Take care. Bye. Listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.